Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 22 of the PD Sports Podcast. Once again, we have a jam-packed episode for you today. Another wonderful week of football has just gone past us. Damo, Not bad yourself, Paulie. Glad to be here as always. I can't wait to get stuck into this one because we've got a massive one today. Uh, that we do. So, what a week it's been Premier League-wise. So, we've just spent a little bit of time just before the recording just sort of talking about our fantasy. So, we probably won't get to it this at this point in this episode. Um, we'll probably do a bit of a recap next week, maybe going into the international break. But I reckon we got carried away for like a good 15 minutes just because so much happened that impacted us. And for those wondering, Damo and I actually played each other in our stadium league this week. And it looks like with one game to go, Damo's got me pretty well covered. Which oh, is a little Ben Rama, mate. Ben Rama makes to a hat-trick and kill me, isn't he? Oh, that's what I'm praying for at the moment. If Banarama can pick need, it up, get Banarama needs points. 16 points. Um, yeah, pretty much, I think. So, yeah, I'm on 50, yeah. you're on 66. So, 16 points. Is it doable? Bruno scored a hat-trick and got 20 last week. So, you never know. If we could see something at home with the West Ham fans pumping, who knows. But before we get into today's episode, I just want to thank everyone that has dropped some support in the Discord or across... Apple Podcast. The downloads on the last episode were really, really high, which is great to see. So, uh, fantastic to see the engagement with the previous podcast. But, Dame, where do we start today? Uh, well, I feel like that you should tell the pod, because I'm going to leave this to you, because this is your idea, what we are actually doing in the pod. But once you told him that, I think we have yeah. to go through the other Premier League results first, just to touch base on what's going on this week in football. Yeah. Just to give us something to talk about. And then go straight bang into the main meat of this juicy, juicy burger that is Podcast 22. Yeah, so I sort of came to this realisation, what was it, Saturday morning, I think. Yeah, I yeah. sent it in the, the group chat that we've got that if a certain result didn't go, or even performance more so than the result, didn't go the way that it should have, that we'd focus on this team. I've been thinking about doing this episode for a while and I haven't really said um, much about it. I wanted to keep it pretty quiet because I, I wanted to wait for the right time to pull this one. And I feel that the time's now and Dame and I are really going to unpack what is going on at Arsenal. I feel like we've spent a lot of time in between different podcasts, like mentioning it or pulling examples when things do happen. But today... Dame and I are pulling all the sheets back. We are stripping the club from head to toe. We're going to really unpack where Arsenal are at, what, what's gone wrong, and then what they need to do moving forward. So what we're going to do, and it's actually interesting because some of the questions we got um, just generally were sort of involving of Arsenal were. as well. So I think, yeah, so I think it's just a lot of what's on everyone's mind at the moment because of the situation. So I'm going to try my best to hold off on the Arsenal talk until the later uh, segments of this podcast because I do want to give credit to the teams that did, you know, also perform this weekend. Um, so we'll probably... Let's just start with Liverpool, I think. The early game, the first game of uh, this match yep. week. And uh, it was actually a really interesting game, to be honest. I think the last few games we've had against Burnley haven't been... Uh, smooth sailing. No. So obviously we lost to them at home last year. Oh, the different circuit, which was different a shock loss. Though. We had a 
few injuries and whatever, still shot loss, but like we were very unsettled under the, t- at the time. And uh, I think yeah, it just highlights that. how important a big verge is at the back. But it highlights how important it is to have yeah. your whole spine bar for Binio like all together. And it just makes things so settled. Yeah, I agree. Like, we never look like we're going to lose that game ever. Apart from in the 93rd minute where you have a world-class goalkeeper who stays alert for 93 minutes of football, make a world-class save at the end, which he did do the week before as well, Alison, so it's no fluke. Um, yeah, we, we never looked like losing, looked like conceding until that moment. And yeah, it, it was I feel, standard. I feel that Burnley did have chances though. And they had like random sections of play where... We struggled to deal with like the runs from Barnes and, and Wood. They, you know they were really physical. Um, typical Burnley though. There were just a few chances. Yeah, it was typical Burnley. I, I, I feel agree like with once... that, but I felt I didn't feel comfortable. Put it I that felt... way. Like, I didn't feel comfortable. I, I felt we were going to win, but I didn't feel comfortable at, across the whole yeah, game. Yeah, I, I, I understand. There was moments where you're like, oh, hello. It wasn't like, oh my god, they've had a possession yeah. of dominance or possession of possession. No, no. Or, it was a couple or a of random moments of that just spurred possession. Even it was just moments of, oh hello, like McNeil, like McNeil out of nowhere once or twice would skin Trent and just just do something. He'd be like, yeah. what? Hello? And then there was like, that. oh okay, they they've got something. When Burnley actually stopped focusing on trying to like rugby tackle, pull people down, throw elbows everywhere in every jumping contest, they actually had a decent game plan that kind of worked against us last time. Which was sit deep, playing a block yeah. of a four four two, give us no space in behind, and off we go. And to be fair, and win the penalty. Yeah, and to be fair, if it wasn't for some atrocious defending with the second one and a great ball from Trent to find Mane in, look, even if you give an amateur footballer in the you know twenty fourth tier of English football that much time, they're going to score. Um, so let alone get that in the yeah. Premier League, and then uh, you know the what a ball from oh, Trent too. Ball. And the, no one's going to talk about that compared to the Bruno one. I said oh, that the to ball Zach, from who I was watching the game with. It's unreal. It's just it's so. Oh. Everyone was talking about. Oh, sorry, not not Bruno. Yeah. The Pogba that that first time ball from Pogba yeah. to Bruno for the first goal last week. That Trent ball. I don't want to sound biased. Deserves the same credit that Pogba's got because it's the same technique. It's one touch around the body. And it's picture perfect. And yeah, it's, it's picture on a dime. perfect. The reason why Pogba gets talked about a lot is because a it's Pogba and b. You know, you know that you're going to get that with Pogba. With Trent, he's not that flashy, yeah. but he's brilliant. And everybody knows he's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's why Pogba gets a little bit more plaudits when it's, you see something like, oh my goodness, um, come from him. But uh, yeah. yeah, and then obviously our first goal is just class as well. And Yota, what a header. What and a header see, too. See me at the cast. Yeah. So what a fantasy EPL asset. Um, We've both benefited from that lucky, this weekend you're, in you're some different boy, circumstances. Mate. You're a lucky boy. Thank you, Ben Chilwell, for still not Mate, being tell- fit <laughs> and Simikas being I'm my first I'm telling the chat sub. right now, if it wasn't for Ben Chilwell not playing, Paul would have needed ben- Benarama to score five tonight. I would had him on skates. Yeah, and I in know. saying that, in my other paid league, I'm playing the guy that's in top spot and I have gone and I have to sweat seven points tonight to take top spot in game week two in a very highly paid head-to-head league. But um, oh, yeah, yeah, I tough. can't believe that I've, you know, I'm gonna you know probably get the most points in the whole comp and I'm running <laughs> to the guy that is the only yeah and you're one on one and like yeah it's it just yeah. how it goes but um yeah look I think the summit Liverpool game is stock standard when Liverpool are settled with no injuries they're one of the best teams in the comp I've been saying it since yeah. the start I do think that we can win it and I do think we will win it if we stay fit because I think we're the best team on paper if fit yeah before we move off yep. Liverpool 
How did, how did you rate uh, Harvey Elliott's game? See, as we, a you, we were talking about this last pod, and you were like, oh, Harvey Elliott, the centre mid, undenied a little. For me, whenever Klopp sees something, I trust the man because he's so good at what he does. And I thought he was sublime. He's so unlucky that Sulla's, you know, just offside. Yeah, that I first was, time I, ball, Jesus. Yeah, it was, was unreal. Great. And that would have been talked about if that counted a lot. Um, and I like what they're doing now with the offside call. Just the only problem is now it's brought in some discrepancy. So with the Sullers, that's too far yeah. offside for me to, for it to be offside. But we, we won't touch on the Newcastle game in depth here. But obviously, Wilson had a, a penalty that was given that was overturned because of an offside. And that was like by like two mil, I think. And like for me, if we're going to give our benefit of the doubt, I think they're looking they're looking at it for as yeah. an advantage. So if it's giving an unfair advantage, which makes sense, I think if it's giving if it's an overs, yeah. that's where you just but got to use where, common sense. I haven't actually seen the that's Newcastle where interpretation. One, for me, I would have interpreted that Wilson one should have counted. Like that's not because Wilson's in my fantasy, by the way. I couldn't care less. He may not even taken the penalty because he got absolutely cleaned up, and they might have given it to someone else. But um. And hey, he could have missed and I got negative points. But I feel like that's where you look at the incident and I know they're trying to interpret it and if there's an advantage. For me, Wilson's timed his run to near perfection. He's about a mil to two mils offside and it's like it's his shoulder. Uh, you know, Damn. I feel like that's the one that should be given as onside. It allows this interpretation. I think that's good because it's got to be a moment somewhere that it's going to happen to a bigger team than Newcastle. No disrespect to Newcastle and it's going to be a talking point and a goal is going to be given or not given. Yeah, I agree and I feel that. like that's great to have in the Premier League because I miss the days with no VAR and we used yeah. to be able to tell that Howard Webb's is a biased little whatever celebrate or a goal. celebrate a goal that was offside by three metres and give it to another opposition fan because hey you know it was offside we all know it but great it counted yeah. but yeah look and at the end of the day that's robbed Harvey Elliott of an assist too but uh, yeah the one thing I'd like to see with Elliott is I want to see him play that same role but not with Naby next to him I'd rather I'd like to see him play it with Thiago because I feel like up. A lot of the, a lot of the attacks came as a result of Naby and Harvey both trying to fill those half spaces, and I just felt the midfield really was stretched, um, which isn't a bad thing. But I'd like to see Thiago sort of stay as that sort of center, sort of anchor, almost like in that final third, just so there's the the play should sort of transitions a bit smoother. I sort of felt like the gaps between Naby and Harvey were a bit big, but you know it's, it's going to take, take time. time. And I, thought, sort of I actually thought Naby issue, played really well, to be fair, as well. So did I, but I just uh, felt Thiago will come back in. A lot of the transitions came, yeah. And I just found like a lot of the transitions came as a result of us being really stretched as a midfield. But you know, a different group of three playing together, obviously yeah. that's going to happen. They haven't no got the same well. continuity, but it's good. It's good yeah, options to have. Yeah. I know you complain about the depth, but you got to remember Henderson had to play in the hole, and you had no Fabinho. Yeah, and I'm like they. Fabinho comes back in Thiago and fully fit comes back in all of a sudden you've got Keita you've got Harvey Elliott on the bench uh, you know you've got Curtis Jones to come back in from injury or is illness That's and I'm the like jeez man Curtis coming back yeah, in and I'm is like, a big one all of a sudden I know you mentioned it like last pod and we've now speak and I do apologise we speak we speak way too much about Liverpool because we're Liverpool fans but we I'm a big believer that the depth is fine for us unless we cop a heap of injuries again. And I don't think we're as injury prone as, say, Arsenal, who we're going to talk about later on. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I'd still like one more attacker. If Harvey's going to settle in that sort of mid-roll, that's fine. I'd just I'd like us... I mean, I guess Shakiri hasn't No, he hasn't, yet, has but it looks so, like he's I mean, going to go to Lyon for 10 mil. 
if he doesn't go, then I'd, yeah, I'd have a problem. Yeah. I, I was saying that that statement. The statement was I should have probably clarified it better. If we, I, I was thinking in my head that Shakira is going to go though. He's going to go. He has to. You know, he's given us great service. I don't know. Then if Klopp wants to, and like say, for like, all that's worth, by the way, everyone was like, "Oh, Rigi's leaving." I have not seen a sniff of Rigi leaving, which kind of makes me think that Klopp same. is going to. Wants you know, him, and he'll play off the yeah, left as well. So for me, it's, that's fine. If those two stay, then I've got no problem with the depth, like at all. I, I was just thinking that those two were out you, the door, just waiting just for confirmation. Think, you just, so you probably thinking a bit more quality anyway. depth would help, but I, nah. I actually don't think. Not every team can have yeah, a Yeah, not every depth, team's so Chelsea City's depth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Man United are relying on Daniel James and Martial, who I think are yeah, dog exactly. anyway. So, anyway, speaking about Man United, I think we'll jump across to the game last night. So, I tried to watch as much of this as possible. I've seen, I've um, seen the 20 minute highlights. I found it as a. I sort of watched 65 ish before I drifted off, I think. But, like. Yes, the Southampton goal was pretty lucky. Like, you know, a nice big deflection there off of um, Fred. But Man United didn't really dominate this game. Like, it just had a weird feeling around it. Like, it just didn't feel like anyone really sort of took control um, in a positive way. Like, it just sort of felt like, especially the first half, that it just kind of meandered away. Like, Man United didn't look that same direct, threatening team that they did look like the week before against Leeds where you know Pogba was bouncing and Bruno's making his runs in behind and Greenwood's just floating around doing his thing like yes Greenwood scored again and hats off to him for another good finish you should save it but yeah but it just didn't yeah I agree with that but it's just one of those ones where I felt very early that Man United weren't going to win this unless someone came off the bench with some brilliance which didn't happen obviously so very 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 it just didn't by the way you see, you see, you see the multi well, in. Is that midfield? You see man. the multi, by the way. Yeah. If yeah you know, by the way, for those that have realised, yeah. if United, by the way, scraped the goal, Damo would have hit, uh, which would have been nice. But look, United's lineup was, you know, Matteo up top, Bruno in the hole, Pogba on the left, which are actually are right. But Manja Matic was the one for me yeah. that I thought was the stinker out of that. And yeah. like for me, Matic. That's where they're missing Matic quality. used to be such a decent player. And when I mean decent, I mean, like, good. You know, he, he, was, he was. He was all right. When he was at Chelsea, man, he was part of yeah. that spine that and just dominated and bullied then, teams. Though, he's not... I don't know if it's because he's been so unsettled with the man- managers or, you know, he, he can't he's move, man. not ready anymore. He's old. But he just... He looks like he gets yeah. breezed past too easy. And he looks like his ball retention is not particularly great. And he takes a position in the field where it's like the ball's always square, which limits his time on the ball, which means that he can't really do much of it but go sideways. He's not getting in those positions where... Because he can't move, Yeah, he's not getting in those positions where you're taught to, well, don't stand in the grade of your centimetre, take three steps off so you're facing forward and can get it, or move into the in-between the line, the midfield and the attacking line and pick it up there so you can turn and face forward. In the end, Matthews is doing neither and just getting caught playing that sideways ball. Great, I've been squeezed. I can only go, say if the ball's come from right, I can only really go left because I'm getting squeezed and I haven't given myself an angle. So for me, Matic was the yeah. big key to why United didn't look great. And look, that's maybe me, the manager, hat on looking at it a bit too much. But I also think there's a lot into that. I do think Fred wasn't overly bad. He's a bit unlucky for the own goal, by the way. That should really be, that should yeah. really be Chad Adams' goal. I do. I'm a big believer in that. Um, 
I mean, when you're when you're picking a midfield out of McTominay, Fred, Matic every day. Yeah, but it's it's only going to get you exactly. So far. I agree. Like, they need one. It's not good and enough. You know what? You want to know what all the answers are going to be from most Man United supporters are? Is that oh Rashford comes back and goes to the left, and then you put Pogba back? Then I think that I think that Pogba. wastes Pogba a lot. I if think Pogba it does looks, too. But if he can drive, Pogba it, looks oh. so much better, so much better on the left hand side. Yeah. Well, this is the closest he's had to the role he had at Juve when he played on the left yeah. of a three. So maybe that's the answer. Maybe the answer is they go four three three and they go Pogba on the left of yep. a three with Fred on the right and McTominay in the middle, and then it's Greenwood, Rashford. Where's Bruno fit in that? Maybe Bruno drops a bit deeper and plays on the right. So imagine you go Pogba on the left, Bruno yep. on the right. So you kind of lose a little bit with Bruno, and then you put McTominay or Fred as the six, and then you go Rashford, Tommy Greenwood. Yeah, I think we spoke about that last week. That's never happening. So in that case, then they need to buy one. And you got Sancho even on the right. Who am I missing? I'm I'm missing someone. Rashford, Greenwood, Sancho. Who who else? Yeah, I said Mason Greenwood. So I've got Rashford, Bruno plays in the three. I reckon you go Pogba and Bruno as your two eights with Fred or McTominay as your six. And then you go Greenwood. Yeah, and then you go Greenwood up front with Sancho and Rashford either side. Oh, Imagine not, there's that. There's nothing wrong with that at all for me. I, and I think Bruno Bruno and Pogba can give you legs up and back as well. But yeah. I reckon that could be quality. Don't be surprised if when Rashford's back. Go. There we go. Episode 22. I'm stamping it. Ep 22. Paul's picked a 4-3-3 for me. So and I reckon that could get the best out of all their players. That's probably the I only way they could do it. I think could get the best out of all of them, but Pogba. I just feel like Pogba... Lacks the engine or going up and down. Does Pogba play on the right of that so then Juan Bissaka can then cover him? Maybe, but potentially. I know you don't, you, you don't, you lose that drifting factor of him being able but to drift me, inside, but, but I think he's me, good enough on the other then side. Juan Bissaka's on that side, or, you know, you put Sancho on because you've got Sancho on that, Sancho's on that yeah, wing, exactly hugging the touchline, so it works. You've got Rashford cutting in on the other side, and it's a bit lopsided and allows Shaw to go left. Bombing on, I like that too. Then everything yeah. shuffles across. Ooh. I like that a lot. We might have stumbled on something. I like that a lot. It's for those anyway. that are wondering what me and Paul are going with uh, in a football manager in sense. We would actually have Rashford as the inside forward inverted <laughs> winger, which was the bombing on attacking mid fullback, and then you would have. And I know a lot of yeah. our listeners watch FM. Dim shout out, you're gonna love this. But then you're having maybe like Pogba as a bit of a Mazzal or advanced playmaker attack sort of player. Yeah. Like is a winger on attack. Bruno box winger, to box. Yeah, Bruno, Bruno box, box, box or even sitting, just playing ball and moving, so roaming playmaker or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, but you're having Sancho, this yeah. is the big one. You're having Sancho, the wing, winger on attack, staying wide and high, but you're leaving one Bissaka as like a wing back on defend, just to go, okay, if Pogba goes to link up with Sancho, I'm just here as the ball out. You know, just come back to me and I'll go back yeah. out to McTominay or to the other centre-back if it's Varane or whatever, and we go out again. And then you have Shaw that goes, okay, when Rashford tucks in, that's my cue and off I go. And Rashford basically moves, yeah. Rashford oh basically moves in with Greenwood <laughs> and then and <laughs> then Shaw's bombing on back stick going, thank you very much. Two options in the middle. Oh, that team coming is nuts. Shancho coming in on the right-hand side. I don't like Man United, but fuck, that would be good to watch. God. That that would be oh how's Ollie not stumbling Ollie, on that already? Give me the job. Give give me and Come pull on. the job. Give me and pull the job. How you're just saying 
that is like big dick moment, isn't it? That's I'm Mate, putting I'm it on the you. table. I'm with you. Put, I'm, I'm writing it in Discord. And, and I'm writing on, it in Discord right now. And here's my best six players. Go yeah. deal with them. And then if that doesn't work, then I'm going to bring Cavani on to just sit in the middle. Or then I'm going to bring... Like, I think Fred in that box-to-boxy role would be unreal too. Don't worry, because Fred going forward is a good yeah, option I too. I wouldn't so rule Fred out. Fred, if you can give Fred's him some your, freedom... And that's where Donny fits yeah, too. If you could make Fred and Donny as your two backups, then you're pretty happy. <laughs> but that's the thing is that United don't do it. <sighs> I don't understand. And now they can't. It's yeah. like, why... They can't do it at the moment, but I'd be working towards that. Yeah, I would be too. That. I would be looking to start people in that role either to see if they can play it. Like even Greenwood playing out there on the left, and then if you have to use Matthew up top, I understand that. But you know, yeah. like Sancho's surely got to start week three. But yeah, who knows? I didn't actually see much of him last night when he came on, but it'd be interesting to see because it's a bit concerning. I know because he wasn't even involved in the Euros. That's the thing for me, like. He didn't play minutes. He played like one game, so he sh- there's no issue of him not being fit. But anyway, I think Man United again. We could spend. We could spend another half, half an hour. An hour so there's better be an after the podcast. We spent ten to fifteen minutes of Liverpool and ten to fifteen minutes of Man United. It kind of sums up <laughs> where Arsenal are at the minute. To be fair, a but b we got other games to talk about as well. But credit, the credits Drew. United haven't lost yet in two games, and we'll see where they come. And they're looking yeah, we'll, okay. We'll see what happens when yeah. they, uh, you know, yeah, when it comes yeah. later. Big, big thing this weekend. Don't need to talk about this one too much. City did what City needed to do. They put five past Norwich. Yep. Um, that's it. Five goal scorers. I think that's the key for City. Five individual goal scorers, I think it was. So... The flexibility of that team is what's going to oh, get them yeah. through, they, they potentially. Unreal. They are unreal. Yeah. To have Mares come on and score, to have, I think, Gabby Jesus scored, Grealish scored, like, just unreal. Laporte, did Laporte score as well, I think, potentially? I've seen his name pop up on Fantasy quite a yeah. lot this week, so yeah, he, he must did. have done something. Laporte did score, so, you know, they've got just different ways of scoring, and I think for them, that's just... Did he do him? Most of us are going to be praying for them to drop points. Yeah, we will. Like they did against Spurs. So, um, I don't think we need to cover that too much. Jack Grealish doing what Jack Grealish does and obviously expect him to dominate against Norwich. So, it'll be interesting to see how they go against Arsenal next week. So, we'll definitely touch on that one. I don't think there's really too much more to add on top of that. Nah, Is there, Damon? Nah, really? Look, just, you, they, they look they great. To do. I feel for Norwich because they've started, obviously, Liverpool City. It doesn't get harder. It's not a bad, but it's for not me, a bad it thing. allows them yeah, to they go. Got... And there was periods in that game where they were brave and tried to play out. And that, I think, is what a credit is to Norwich's manager. I'm going to butcher this, like, Falkel? Falkel? F-A-L-K. Yeah, yeah whatever his name is. is. how it is. So, what, Falkel? I don't know. Uh, he's good mates with Jürgen anyway. But credit to him. He has a philosophy, trying to stick with it. But it's a bit naive as well. We talked about with Brentford. You know, they changed against Arsenal to get a result. I just don't think Norwich have the ability in their squad Bucky. to change. Where... Where, yeah, Brent, where Brentford can play really ball and in. then they can also be very physical and whatever. For me, I think Norwich is a very hamstrung to being, well, we're, we're only really good at trying to move the ball around and play. So we're going to play. And See how yeah. they go. I mean, they've got, they got Leicester next week too. It's man. not, it's not it's, easy at all. Then they get Arsenal. So they get Arsenal off the um, international break, which are good. Then Watford, then Everton, then Burnley, then Brighton. 
So and Chelsea, like it's <laughs> got pretty well screwed from this start. But I want to see what Christos uh, Solis does for them too, the winger from Bolt. So he just absolutely develops on oh, FM like crazy. So it'd be good to see how he, he goes. Indeed, he's a great player. Alrighty, one more game before yeah. we get into the nooks and crannies yep. of this episode. Leeds Everton. Crazy um, game. Game of the week. Yeah, mm. just. Everton just we were talking about it beforehand just don't really recognise this as a Rafa team yeah, at the well, moment to be we honest like, it, and we've lo- watched a lot of Liverpool under Rafa as Liverpool fans and you, you, you never ever ever see a Rafa side really concede this many goals ever like just period so yeah just openly and yeah, conceding it's, it's goals not too, like, like they're copying goals but it's like oh great build up play here you go it's like there's notable gaps now, it is, I will understand, it's two weeks in and Rafa's got to obviously build something there. Doesn't, nothing gets built overnight. But there's a positive and a negative to that. The negative is they're, cons- they're shipping goals. It could cost them, especially in good run of fixtures. If they keep clean sheets, they're going to win probably all these games and put them in contention to, you know, what they want to do, probably finish top six, top seven, right? For me, the positive out of it is, is that even with Rafa in charge who I will openly say is not the prettiest manager to watch because he plays a very, 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 I wouldn't say, pragmatic. yeah, I wouldn't say a boring type of football. For me as a, co- for me as a coach, I love it because it's how I would set up because I'm Italian, you know, you're a bit more dogged defensively, happy pressing traps and that stuff there is in a nutshell brilliant for a coach. But as a neutral, you want to see your team score goals, right? You want to see him play the pep or the clop way as you would say, you know, go and gun home. Pragmatic is probably the best word to use. Even Rafa's getting Everton to score at the minute. So... Well, the it, big thing with Everton was their goal last week, the Adam Armstrong goal, although it's a, a good mistake. finish, comes from and a it's real another bad McKean, defensive It's mistake. another team mistake this week too. So, yeah. I think... So, I think it might just be sort of some settling in things that they need to work out. And I think, I think they will too. Fine, and I actually... I'm not saying that I would be scared of Everton ever, right? But I would say they're not a team you particularly want to play because you know that they're going to score, that you know they have quality, and then you know on their day with Rafa in charge, they're probably going to be hard to break down defensively, and that should set them up for a really good year. You almost want to get them now. Yeah, exactly. I would would rather... I'd rather... And then, yeah... I agree with that. But look, I think Leeds, you know what you're getting with Leeds. So I think the game kind of shapes that a little bit too. Like knowing that Leeds are a team that are going to be high energy, high pressing, that probably forces the mistake too. If they verse teams that are a bit more willing to give Everton possession in those situations, maybe we're talking about a different performance. So I think Southampton have shown that they're probably not the same Southampton that finished last season. And then Leeds are still going to be that team that go after it. So I think with Everton... We're really going to get a good picture after they play Brighton, Burnley, Villa, Norwich yeah, in the next we'll month. Know. So for we'll me, that's Everton. sort of. Yeah. By the way, guys. Yeah, so that's where I'm sort of sitting by on the way, defense boy, at the moment. I have now pinned that message of that Man United team in the Discord. I reckon we will revisit that on Rashford's back, and I think me and you are going to be correct. I think 100%, that's nailed I mean, there's on. going to be. At some point where we're going to be saying they're going to be going yeah. at it big time. And we're going to be saying, we told you so in August that they were going to play yep, like there this. there you go. That was the podcast defining moment on the 23rd of the 8th that we called it early, before Ollie even did it. And if Ollie yeah. never does it and they don't have a good year, we want the job straight out. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're going to share Welcome us into our podcast, Paul. This is this is it. I've been waiting for this all day. Yeah, um, this is massive. So the game itself. We better talk um, about the Arsenal Chelsea game first because it was it was yeah. it was and good for Chelsea to be fair. I don't want to keep repeating myself about Arsenal, so I want to try and keep this mostly focused on Chelsea because I feel like the same things I've spoken about for the last three months just it's came just, to just fruition hold, again. Just hold that in um, for a so, second. We'll talk about how good Chelsea are and then we can start with the Arsenal yeah. dressing down what should we do there. And is going to score 20 goals this season. Is that, a, is that a question with that the we service have? No, he's it wasn't get. a question that we had. We had some good questions, no, by the way, in there, but... um. Oh, With the service I, I he's going to get this season, he's going to score twenty goals. Season. Yeah, and he like Mount like the the chance I want to refer to, and I know I'm jumping across. It's the chance in the seventy something minute where Leno pulls out oh, a save. Oh yeah, the from, save from nowhere. But the fact that Mount is capable of dinking a ball over the shoulder of the defender to put Lukaku on on a dime from the six yard box. It shows that like he can score his goals a whole variety of ways. So obviously his goals are well taken uh, goal. I feel like the defense needs to do better with that cross coming in, uh, but the movement is very the very good. Um, the first goal, the defense is in yeah. the picture because they've just been carved. Like it's it's literally yeah, what a ball from Kovacic. Oh my man! Oh, such a player too. So underrated. Yeah. He he yeah, is the main pin in that Tuchel side he's not leaving that team at all he is unreal him and then yeah. oh just like yeah pairing with Kante it, as well it's mind boggling that Chelsea are this good considering that Lampard was sat what not even a year ago it's crazy yeah. what Tuchel's done and it just shows how good A he is but B, that first goal just shows how good his philosophy and understanding of football is and how he portrays it to his players. There's clearly a player task there on um, who tucks in for the goal now. It slipped my mind. Um, 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 is it, it's, uh, it's Mason Mount that tucks in and then obviously Kovacic plays the ball to Reese James, right? But it, it, it yeah. clearly the player ta- task is there. Come and present inside as the winger to get the ball. If he doesn't, if he, they don't follow you, you pick it up, face forward, and you drive. If yeah. they follow you, James, that's your moment and your cue to go. And he backs his eight, whoever it is in that moment, to go, that's the ball that I'm pick playing. And literally from that moment, it is numbers box, ball in within two touches. Thank you very much. And it's yeah. unreal to watch. Because by the speed that happens, it's like, it's, you know, it's all well and good me saying it. But by the time you realise it's happening as a defence, you're like, well, gone. And the it's thing is, if you, if you don't follow yeah. Mason Mount, you've seen it in the game. If you don't follow Mason Mount, he picks the ball up and drives at you. What are you going to do? And by that stage, yeah. you've got to commit to him. But by that stage, Reese James, at times, Reese James, was, they were playing four up top because James was that high already and that wide. It was brilliant to watch from Chelsea. Yeah. It's absolutely great 100%. football. Um, and like, there was other moments. You know, There was one where I think Reese James had a very similar moment. And if he laid Lukaku back across the box, he would have scored. And he tried to pull it back top of the box for, I think, Habits. Um and um, by the way, it doesn't get talked about enough, but Havertz's ball on the left-hand side for the second goal, for the Reese James goal, you know, he's overstretched, done some weird little flick yeah. back inside to keep the ball and literally sets that whole goal up. And the ball from Mason Mount is unreal. Yeah. And it just it just yeah, shows you that too. if Mason Mount picks the ball up coming inside as that winger, 
then hello, it's football. And that's the thing with the modern game. Yeah. You've got to be able to get... move. For me, it's not a case of telling your team to move to create, you know, for yourself. It's moving your team around to move the opposition to create the space that you need to get into. Yeah, Brothers. and that's it. Yeah, and that's all it is that Tuchel was saying. Move into these areas to get your defence to move. And if they don't move, you've now moved into space, great. But if they move, it's going to create the space for someone else. Look at the goal that scored in the chip. Look it's at the goal that scored in the Champions League final. It, you know, Timo Werner does not yeah. get any bit of praise or whatever, ever, from Chelsea fans. I understand. But his whole movement in that whole goal was literally, I've come inside from a bit of a wide area playing centrally, and he's made a run into the left-hand channel. Defenders followed him, and Mason Mount's gone... Was it, It's Mount that... Well, no, was it Havertz that scored, and Mount that played the ball. And Havertz just walked straight from the middle of the park, gone, thank you very much, because everyone's moved around, and there's a space that's been opened up. It's a great I, philosophy. Every bit of... Every bit of movement has two options to it. It's either you move and receive the ball or you move and your defender follows you and it creates space for the next bit of movement. It, it, so it's like every every decision they make has two I'm choices. Telling, I'm telling I you love. right now, if you're going to beat Chelsea and you're going to keep a clean sheet, A, it's going to be very hard, right? Secondly, you've got to be unreal disciplined. And I'm telling you, you've got to yeah. have two banks of four and you're going to be setting up super deep and you're, and I'm hoping that, or yeah, and I'm hoping Klopp kind of goes well. We're known for pressing and pressing sense. Either we're going to go full blitz, press, don't even let them play. A, and the only problem is they have the quality to pick you off, like City do, right? Yeah. Or B, yeah. you've got to sit super deep and just allow them to have the ball in an area that you go right. You're not going to hurt me there. You want to know where that area is? Let Reese James have the ball on the touchline, but at the halfway point be that deep and give them no space for them to play in between the lines and just go, all right, the only thing yeah. you're going to do is maybe get... And let yeah. SP and Rudiger yeah, have, let the have the ball. Let them have the 60%, 70% of the ball and just hope they start knocking in crosses from deep and hope that you send it back to deal with Lukaku. And to be fair, that's pretty daunting. Yeah, oh God. But that's probably the only way you're going to keep Chelsea out. I think the way you beat the way you beat Chelsea is you need to have you the need, ball. You need, I think. You you need, need to score. And we're the kind of team that can... We're the kind of team that can have the ball and knock it around and keep them off the ball. Obviously, we spoke so much about them last year being a counter-attack team. I think that's the way you want them. You want them to play counter-attacking because then their shape will be out. So it's almost... If you 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 let them have have the ball, ball, that will dictate you. And they're good enough to now. Yeah, and exactly. And I think you almost have to then go for counter-to-counter almost. So it's going to be have the ball, have the ball, have the ball, have the ball. They win it, potentially... And try and go, and then that's when you got to press really aggressively. It's once you've lost the ball, you really got to work because then their shapes out. And I know that's a real dangerous game to play, but that's probably the only way that space is going to be available. And the game we've got it's with them this huge. week, oh it's my huge. god! Like, the only thing that I will say is that you've got to remember they're not going to dominate the full ninety minutes like yeah, that exactly all the time. And, and, and Arsenal had moments, right? I'm not going to say that Arsenal didn't have moments. They had moments. You know, Leno makes a great save. Yeah, Rob Holding. Rob Holding from a corner, but it was good build-up play before for the corner. That's the thing, though. When you're playing against a world-class side, you've got to be world-class and stand up and take those moments. And I think that's where, for us, you know, in Liverpool, we're good we enough can. to... Salamane, if, you, if, you've given, if you've given Virgil that header from Rob Holding, he's scoring. You're giving... It's on target. Yeah, it's on target you know, at least. If you're giving, you know, Salah or Mane that, you know, the option that Saka had running at the back two, and when, you know, the corners won, yeah. you, you would have backed Sadio or Salah to beat the man more times than not. That's but that's the difference, the difference for A, Arsenal. Right that's well. the difference for B, Chelsea, is that they've played against Palace and they've played against our Arsenal side that is not particularly great, right? 
Yeah. I would love to see how they go and take us on. This is one of two things. They're going to play their football, which I hope they do, because I want to watch that. Or they're going to do what Tuchel did last year and just really, really be a bit more, you know, a bit pessimistic in, in a way, but play really on the break. That movement will still happen, but it'll be more get the ball, bang, that's the ball into the channel, like they did in the Champions League final. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. That's good football too for me as a coach. But I feel like Chelsea can go so many ways about it now that they're serious, serious threat, not just domestically, but also yeah. the you know, try and keep their title in the Champions League. Bend their title, yeah, I agree. Um, all right, well, I think we've got to make a start here on the... Yeah, yeah. On the big analysis, I think just... Oh, who was I? I was listening to Roy Keane just before we got on, and I've been saying it for a while, man. The, I kind of feel for Arsenal because in this game, they were missing Ben White, they were missing Thomas Party. Though Tierney got injured, they were missing Aubameyang, they were missing Lacazette. You're talking about five crucial starters yeah, from their are. team. And they're just, you're lacking leadership on the field and you're, they're lacking leadership off the field. The transfers, yes, they've spent the most money in Europe. On but you got to look on at who? who they've spent money on. So they've obviously bought Ben White they've bought Tavares they've bought Odegaard they've bought Ramsdale and they've bought uh, Sambi Laconga so it's that that sigh is how I feel about where Arsenal are at it's a That's, big sigh there's no other word that I can articulate it it's a sigh because I can understand and respect that they're going to struggle to bring in players of top quality because of the position the club's in You've still got to remember they've got Kalazanac, Bellerin, Jacques. Obviously, Jacques just signed a new deal, which is ludicrous in my eyes. You know why that happened, right? Whose idea that was? <laughs> no, I don't know. He why had a good, he had, he had no a good Euro, and everyone's like, "Oh, here we go," and everyone's like, "Here we go." We can't let him go but there was now. Like, I'm cheap. There was links with him to Roma. I would, just I would have go, just let but him anyway, go. But so, yeah, we'll talk about this more in depth. So him, Kalazanac, Bellerin. Um, on monster yep. wages, William on monster wages that they can't move, and that's the key. The issue is if they're going to clean out the deadwood, they might have to restructure some of those deals where they still pay those players X amount. Like, in order for them to say, all right, that's good enough for me to leave and go somewhere else, they might have to pay 25 Yeah, it's like, say if they're on 100k a week, we got to pay 25k of the rest of your contract that you had with us whilst you had another club. Like, that's yeah, and for it. me, that's worth it to get him out of the club. Yeah, and I think that's the big issue because you can bring in as many players as you want, but if you're still carrying four guys on 100 grand a week, you're going to have your hands tied. Um, obviously, I feel like they need to go... If they're going to go down the, the promising player route, which it looks like they are because all their signings are yeah. of similar age... You also need to marry it up with some guys the other side of 30 to give them just... Give them some experience, give them some leadership, give them some grit. And I really feel like the one player they couldn't have afforded to let go was and David Luiz. Uh, yeah. Uh, I know he has his mistakes, but I wouldn't be keeping him to play every single game like he, he did last year. I would have given yeah, him a one so year. Let him help, breed him in. Ben one White, year. Help, help Ben White yeah. settle in. Yeah, 100%. And just the extra bit of centre-back coverage because... I think they've tried Rob Holding too much. I don't rate right. Rob Holding um, between us. I, I would have rather David Louise is still playing ahead of Rob Holding. Um, and 
it's just they're in a really, really interesting predicament at this point. Obviously, we've spoken enough about Arteta. I don't really want to harp on about him anymore. I think there's other problems as well, but his naivety to not change things. I know we got he got criticised really heavily last year um, for t- tinkering too much, but I think whilst they're missing some key players, they can't keep playing with two midfielders. They have to play with three. They have to Out try and midfield just too. get some yeah. control. Control it up. Is yeah. that... Yeah. They, is that Arteta, obviously, that? A, not having a philosophy behind him or maybe knowing how to change in a way to get the best out of his team because of his experience? I think that is like, the big factor here. Yeah, right? 100%. But is this all Arteta's problem, though? Like, this whole thing that's wrong nah. with Arsenal? No. Nah, there's, there's an issue with the players because... The only players that are showing hunger are the yep. young ones, um, are the kids. Um, I think the senior players really do need to um, follow in their footsteps, which is kind of sad. I think there's a quality issue in certain areas. They're obviously missing. They're lacking goals. And when you, you've got no Aubameyang and no Lacazette because they're both out with the Looks Uldas, like they're both going to go. I don't think they get rid of both. It wouldn't surprise me if Lacazette goes. I think Aubameyang probably stays now. With the illness, um, I just don't think they can get. By, I, I don't think they can get. No, because they got nothing. I th- and I don't think for the balance of the squad they can't either. I think their issue for such a long time has been they've never been able to fit both of them in. I think now you got to you got to back one of them and say, all right, one's gone, one stays, and we build around one. Whether it's Lacazette or Bamiang, it doesn't really matter. I think if you're playing four two three one with either of them at the top, yeah, then and it's I think fine. that's kind of how Arteta wants to play as well. A 4 2 3 1, 4 3 3 variant with one of them up top. It's just a matter if they're going to stick around yeah, or not. I, there's so much that we could talk about with Arsenal. And I will say, hey, it's unlucky to have so many players out straight off the bat against, you know, a very difficult team in Chelsea to play against. And th- three of them are yeah. illness as well. It's not that yeah, they're injuries. So it, it would be hard for, A, the manager to foresee that with, you know, Rono being around, right? Yeah. And secondly, it kind of hamstrings him into his side that he picked, right? But I'm going to read out some names here in the side that he picked. And I'm going to say, you know, as I get it back up, I've got the Man United um, team up here for a second as we're talking about it. I'm going to say there is players in this list that, you know, I rate and I don't. I'm actually going to start with, let's go through the squad that started, with the team that started. Let's see if you think that player is good enough to play at Arsenal Football Club. I'm going to go from back to front. Leno in goal. Borderline, I'd say yes. I think just. he's good enough to have round because he has moments of brilliance. But as a goalkeeper coach, I think that he has very big flaws in his technique. And that's going to cost yeah. him throughout a year. We've seen it last year where he let one go through his legs because he sets way too wide. Um, and as much as the head is a great save uh, from Lukaku, a lot of the time this season, you may see some downward headers go past it because his set is also too wide, so it gives him no movement up or down. It's like all sideways. Um, so, yeah. I might sound harsh. He's kind of on the, he's he's, on the more, line. More the sounds reason, harsh than not, but I'm going to put a cross for him. I shouldn't have got rid of Martin. And this, this sums, this sums up Arsenal big time. That had the perfect guy. They sold him for 18 per- million. 18, and they've signed Ramsdale for 24. the perfect guy sitting on the bench, who's been out on loan, has done well on loans previously, came in to Arsenal in a time of need and was unreal. And they said, oh, 18 million and he's yours. I couldn't believe that. 
And then they signed Ramsdale. If we, if we got relegated. And they're saying, and they're saying, oh, he's going to be the back. No, if, if it was me and Arteta, shoes, I'll be going. All right, Ramsdale, get yourself ready. Whenever you think you're ready to take, you know, to keep, there's your moment. Number one's yours. But Ramsdale. Yeah, not and that's great the thing. Either, uh, that's the reason the why they've done it is that, a they've panicked. They've they they realised they needed another keeper, right? And, and they missed Onana, which is huge. And they've gone, who can we get? Uh this guy's okay because Ramsdale when he's on is decent but he's not overly great and they said oh he's English let's just go and I'm like you had Martinez yeah. Martinez should have been your number one he should have been one of your first names on your, on your team sheet now look what Martinez yeah. has done and now he's playing for look Argentina he's gone on well. a Copa America yeah just yeah anyway. like anyhow for me Brad Le- Bernard Leno no um, but you know, we'll go borderline. Question mark. We'll, we'll go question mark. He's like right on All the right. fence for me. Cedric. Yeah. Nah. Rob nah. Holding? Murray? Nah. And, nah. and, you know, Tyrini. Yeah. Tierney. Yeah. Was, Tierney. He's right. a Yeah. He's when he was fit. And then he got injured and came off for Nuno. Um, you know, Ta- Tavares. 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 Yeah. Yeah, Tavares. I haven't seen enough he's, of him. He's, but he's meant to be meant really to be. good. Meant to be a fiery yeah, character so though, as well, which could be a bad back thing. Four, we only giving one guy probably a tick to be at Arsenal Football Club. Is that a, is that yeah, an issue? Is that an big issue? Problem. Big big Huge. issue. And I, that's the issue big there issue. that they're not going to be able to correct for six months. If they can't get points with that back four, they are in trouble this year. Big trouble. And that's where Ooh. my prediction of they're finishing outside the top ten comes in. And the thing is with Arsenal here as well is we're only talking about Ben White and Gabriel as two the only two guys that aren't starting that would start, and that's the bigger ben problem. Ben White. I, 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 I know you're talking about two yeah. centre-backs are missing, which could which Liverpool missed for a long period of last year. But and we different struggled. type of centre-back, though. You, it was Virgil van Dijk <sighs> and Gomez who are arguably, you know, Virgil van Dijk's probably the best centre-back in the world. And Gomez yeah. is world class. Gabriel. Gabriel's not world class. I would rather have Mane and Lukaku, Mane, Lukaku, Salah, Kane, whatever, running at Gabriel than I would say, you know, let's go not Ruben Diaz because that's too big or Van Dijk. Matip, there you go. That next level down. Yeah. You know, I'd rather be more confident in Matip than Gabriel. And yeah. I feel like if you're Carl, Gabriel if, if, didn't look great last yeah, year. And if you're times. a couple like Arsenal, I still don't think that's good enough. For me, if I had to put Gabriel in that back four. Where's Saliba, man? How many times that, That's the big one as well. Just blood. Imagine just if you could just say we're going to ship goals, but we're going to blood Saliba and Ben White in. I, I as an Arsenal it. fan, I'd I'd go, I would the same way we wore it under Klopp when he first came in. We shipped we goals did. for fun. It was good to watch, but you could see what was happening. Robbo just came in. Trent was getting blooded in. We didn't have the centre backs. I'd admit that Gomez was in and out. We well, didn't Gomez have was injured long term then back but, then too. Exactly. So we didn't have the defence and we had Mignolet in goals. But we built the defence slowly and that's where I see, pardon me, Arsenal heading. But they've got the two mainstays at centre-back and they're not playing one of them. I can't believe that. Can't I believe really... Oh, that baffles me. That's the thing that baffles me the most is they've got such a promising centre-back. We've seen how good Fafana is at Leicester. What the hell is going on? I don't he's get probably, it. And he's going to leave really the club on the cheap. If they're not, and he's never going to play. And a league that is game ridiculous, for him. utterly. Because for but me, Saliba tick, 
or straight away, just put him in. Ben White would fit. Tick. He gets a tick, man. He's so promising. And he looks good in France too. Like, he's playing yeah, at I a good just, level. I don't get it. I honestly don't get it with with, with the kid. Anyway. Why he's not playing. All right. But, Let's but, go um, midfield. But before I go get there, I'm only giving oh, yeah. Ben White a tick because it's Ben White has promise. It, it's not like yeah. Arsenal back in the day that he's proven had it. that, oh, my God, there's your centre-back. You know, they used to have got what, Adams at the back, yeah. Tony Adams. It was huge. Yeah, Sol Campbell, Campbell, another one. Like, Ray Parler. These are these are guys that Colo Toure when he was Colo Toure. Yeah, Jesus. Just yeah, yeah uh, like it baffles me. And like that for me as a coach, I'll every day of the week give me a strong back four then a strong front three. Because if you don't concede goals, yeah, you ain't gonna, gonna lose. Build. You ain't gonna lose games. And then you can worry about building up going forward. And that's what Liverpool done. That's the Liverpool model. And I feel like if me and you, Paul, were going to rebuild Arsenal together right now, I would be starting, let's work out this back four first and go through. 100%. I, you know what? This is a good idea, yeah. Paul. This is a great idea. Anyway, start talking about midfielders. Here we go, on the floor. You, you keep talking about... Um, All right, and so I'll, I'll get back to you. This is where the midfield for me is where things get really ugly. Um because there's just no... There's one player in the midfield that I really can't understand why he's not playing as well. And this is the, the theme, is I don't understand. How does Lucas Torreira... Like, why is he number one still on your books yeah. then? And why is he not playing? And he hasn't gone out on loan yet either. So I don't really know what's happening there. If you can pair Sambi Laconga with Torreira for now... That's fine. Imagine you put Torreira at the base with Sambi Laconga and Thomas Party when fit. You know, like when you're talking about first string midfield, no problem whatsoever. But the depth is not there. They've lost Danny Ceballos, who I don't rate, but it's another body. And then no one else jumps out. What, Mohamed yeah. Elneny? Cross, you know, cross, like, cross. Not good enough. So... Out of Torreira, Xhaka, Sambi, Lekonga, And I think Sambi Lekonga you can't judge because he's played two games. Yeah, yeah he did. He was probably one of their better players on the night. So I'm actually going to put Lekonga as a tick. And, yeah. And so, what I'm telling you, Paul, who else um, is what in I'm doing, midfield? by the way, Paul, is that guys that you put in as a tick, I'm actually putting him into a team in a 4-2-3-1. I'm going to see what team we would have fielded. What we, we, we would have fielded. Yeah. All right, so I'm just having a look. I've just gone on the uh, fantasy Premier League. I've got their team just to, up. Like, as see well. who the midfielders are. So I'm trying to just find center, center midfielders. So Xhaka, no. Dambi Laconga, yep. yes. El Nenny, no. no. Maitland Niles, do we count him? No, not centrally. I'm going to say no anyway. Thomas Party, yes, when fit. And Torreira, yes, when fit. Which one would you give premise to? Thomas Party or Torreira? I'd start Thomas Party and Sambi Laconga because I don't think Torreira's there by the end of the season. I'm I'm gonna I'm leaves. gonna agree with you and I'm gonna disclude him from this this discussion here. Yeah, put him on the bench. Put him yeah. on the bench. Because I would keep him personally. If we were the managers, I would keep I'd him keep too. him and, and I And I guess this is our rebuild, so I'm actually gonna put him back in. I look and I actually think this team's four two three one. Four three three does suit a four two three one because of Smith Rowe and Odegaard actually. Yeah, it's a fair point. Um, I just signed Odegaard. I think going forward is where this team has a little bit more. I feel like there's potential like going forward if 
and this is where the manager for me comes into question is if they get someone in that isn't Arteta that understands how to get the best out of them. I'm not saying Arteta can't do it, just that we haven't seen it. You look at the game they lost to Brentford, they lacked so much. Like Martinelli was just so isolated by himself. Look at what they did against. Uh, look what they did against Chelsea. Had to start Balogun yeah, up front. Look what though. they did against Chelsea. It was if it wasn't Saka running at you, it was like, well, okay, what's happening here? There wasn't, you know, when you watch Chelsea play, there was interplay. There was people moving, trying to create problems for the opposition defense. You know, trying to create space. Um, for me, in Arsenal, it's very yeah. stagnant. It's because it's all individual. There's no yeah. team movement. So we're just talking about how good. Um, the movement of Chelsea was the Arsenal movement is the complete opposite they just don't actually move to like, me that's no, a managerial problem it's, there's to no me it's a managerial problem because you have to create that I think it's a part of, it's yeah. a part it, of the lineup that, though, as well I think like there's so many changes like who started centrally who started well, through the top. middle because they had Smith Rowe Martinelli Pepe and Saka yeah. as a four Martinelli. who played up front Pepe Martinelli played in the nine that's the Pepe problem Pepe played right so there's a problem. In the middle and Saka on the left. Uh, and then I'm... Oh, Jesus. That's even worse. Oh, my God. That's so bad. Because you're playing so Saka bad. on the right, surely. <laughs> Saka needs to play on the right. Martinelli plays on the left. Aubameyang through the middle and Odegaard yeah. is your 10. That's got to be the best front four. I... And then that's why I think Lacazette goes. So you reckon Saka through the, on the right... On the right, Martinelli yeah, on the left. and I agree with that. Because I think Martinelli coming in is such a better player than him trying to present and hold the ball up up top. This is why I said 4-3-3 initially, because I think you could get away with Smith-Rowe and Odegaard as two eights, and then you pick one of the three DMs to play DM. And I think Smith-Rowe's shown he can play a bit deeper as well. He doesn't have to play as a number 10. Or Odegaard can play on the right too, in that and case. What do you do, what do no, that's what I'm saying. If Saka doesn't play, you can play Pepe on the right, Odegaard on the right. Like, they're fine in that area. But I think Odegaard and Smith Rowe as two eights could be very damaging with Thomas Party as the six and then Martinelli, Saka and Aubameyang as a front three. Well, what do you think at of that? the moment, I've got a goalkeeper with a question mark because we weren't overly great on Leno. Right back with a question mark yeah. because there isn't a right back at the football club. They need to buy one. Ben White and Saliba in a perfect world at centre back, but with no real backup. Yeah. You got Tyrini and yeah. then Tav, so that's the only spot you're like, oh hello, there's something there. And then I've gone and put it in a yeah. four two three one. So I've got Laconga in the Laconga party with Torreira in the comma and you know, saying, Oh, there's your backup. Yeah. yeah. That's an extra option. And then I've got Saka on the right, I've got Smith Rowe and Odegaard as the option in the middle, with Martinelli on the left, Hands, and yeah. Uber up top. To me, that's not a bad team. It's yeah. glaring, glaring obvious that if you're the manager right now doing a rebuild, you need a right back, you need a centre, you need a goalkeeper. You also, if you're looking at that team, yeah. there isn't as much depth there as you need in the Premier League either. Like, who's going to come on and change a game? What Pepe is probably the one that missed out here. So I put Pepe into yeah. that, right? Because I, I, I don't really rate Balogun. I haven't seen moment. enough of him for me to comment. To be fair, yeah, like Kenny for me is a cross. I actually think they should cash in. Yeah, and that's where they anyway. need to go. And if I was doing this rebuild, I'd been never offering Zaka a new deal ever. Actually, Enkedi is not even on FPL, man. I just realised yeah. that he must, must be gone. Be. Anyway, but um, 
for me, that's where we're doing this rebuild. You gotta look at it and go, well, I need a fund for a right back, and not just a right back. I need a good right back to start, and I need a keeper that was of class, which you had in Martinez, and you gave away. So for me, I would. Well, they must be hoping that Ramsdale. Yeah, they're hoping the guy. they're putting eggs in the basket in the wrong basket too. I believe, but. We'll see. Yeah. That, you know, the Ben White thing's a bit of a gamble, but I think there's less of a gamble than Ramsdale. But yeah. it's the sort of player they have to go after is these type of options because of where they are in the world of football and the pyramid at the minute. Yeah, but this is where they need to go. All right, if Torreira's they don't want to keep, you can sell him, sure. But Zaka, go. Lacazette, go. Uh, who else haven't we put in that list? That You know, that Bellerin, Bellerin, Willian. Kalasinac, go. You know, get the wage off the books. Yeah. Get as much money as you can, even if you're selling these guys on, you know, for next to nothing. Right? But nothing. Peanuts. And get the get wage, the wage. What it allows you to do then in the rebuild as well, what kids are coming through that academy that I can build around. Right? And I'm not saying like yeah. full on class of 92 Man United, right, we're going to just play kids, but oh, good, good enough, enough to, to come in and do a job. Right? And that, to me, is where Rob Holding, I haven't put in that to sell list. I don't mind keeping him around because he's been at the club long enough to go, well, let's help a kid or two through, right? I'd keep him over yeah, Callum oh, Chambers. Yeah, Callum Chambers, go. Big cross. Uh, right? Gets offered to me. Yeah, Reese Nelson, surely he's, he's time he's to go. He's, he's been, been around moments, long enough. But I think he's gone. And yeah. I feel like if we were in charge, I'd be looking to actively sell these guys as quickly as possible to get the wage down to get money for me to spend because the Cronks aren't going to give me any of it, right? Well, man, they've spent £120 oh, yeah. million pounds this window. Player, they don't, you can't say they, they, they backed him, but they bought in the wrong players. That's, they've spent £220 million in four windows with Arteta. Shows you that Arteta... The money's Arteta been the there. scouting team have been The holding. money's been there. It's Edu, man. Edu's signing his mates. Yeah. That's what it is. So the money for everyone says Cronky, 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 mate, he can only do so much. And I have been very vocal on the ownership. But There's no other I problems outside of that. I'm, it's one of the problems, but when you can't say he's not supported the manager, and I think the players that they've got, the players that we've kept in that team are good enough to do better than what they're doing now. And that's yeah. the key for me. Does another manager get yes. better from that squad? Yes. And I think, I yes. believe in that too. So that's and we'll, the we'll get We'll get to that's that point key. in a second. All right. Let me just get back to yeah. the uh, to the team screen here. Outside of that, are there kids at Arsenal that we think are coming through that you heard of? Not really yet. No one's busting the door down. And, and like the, the one thing. guy that you thought was busting the door down is on loan in France. Yeah, well, Balogun had a lot of hype going into this season after signing a new contract we'll, we'll too. See. So hopefully well, he can take the step yeah. forward. But um, he, it's too early to judge on him, but, so he's not a cross. For me, he's a tick. For me, he's someone yeah. to keep around the squad. But for me, yeah, there is people in the, that are your core that you're building around. You're building around Smith Rowe and Odegaard. You're building around Party when fit, Laconga, Martinelli and Saka. You're building around those five. Enough and guys the first there. thing you need to do if you're building around those five guys is not one of them is a defender at all. And I and I can't put yeah, I can't put Ben White into that list because I haven't seen him play for Arsenal really yet. To be fair, played got dominated by Ivan Tony, who two years ago was playing League Shows One. the problem, right? For me, if me and you are in charge, yeah. I think we're in complete consensus. I would be selling on as much dead wood and getting in as much defensive quality as possible. Firstly, 
paying whatever it costs yeah. to leave. And I would be going right back, goalkeepers, probably another centre back as well to even help. Yeah, and then I'd I be agree. like, oh, now let's see what we can do. Because on paper, with outside of Europe, yeah. they've probably got a good enough team going forward with enough quality that they can get away yeah, with I agree. it. It's If I was going to rebuild, and this yeah. is not a project that I'm saying, oh, we're going to do this overnight and it's done, I would have started back four, let them learn a football, you know, let them learn a system throughout a year, and then me and you were in charge and the manager, let them learn a system that I think suits them best, play it for the year, and then next year in, in the summer, in the English summer, our winter, I would have been scouting every single day. Every single night going after, all right, who do I need to come in and be in this role in centre mid? Who do I want out wide? Who do I need up front to replace a Boumeyang? Who's the guy, right? And then I would have brought them in. And all of a sudden, because you started with that core at the defence, you've started around that rebuild. And you've had those five guys that you're building around. And then you've gone and just added to it. All yeah, of a sudden, you're in, building that you? jigsaw puzzle. You're putting in the piece and it's there. And then that's the product. Has the Arsenal done that is, at all in previous history? No. A lot of their signings, you've gone, huh? Really? Like the William one. Yeah. The question is, who who are you bringing in though? Like, who are you? How can you attract players? This is the big question because because the way the club is at the moment, you're unsure on the project. You have to have a diamond. Why? You've got to find it. Yeah, and it's just like, why would a quality player sign? Like, I just keep trying to compare it to Liverpool's rebuild. Even with Brendan, before Klopp came in, like, we signed Sadio Mane from Southampton. We signed Robertson Yeah, from look Hull. at the guys, but you have to like, go and scout just, and find the right guys, and that's credit to the Liverpool scouting team for doing that. Yep, and Arsenal are going to have to try and buy from lower Premier League teams, and that's like Ramsdale. Ram, like, I'm bashing Ramsdale. He could Be come in and, and do really well. hopefully he does fast. And it's fair. the same situation. It's, you know, Eddie Robertson came from relegated hole. Harry Maguire came from that same team as well. So... Who knows? Maybe Sheffield United could be the team that two or three absolute gun players come out of. You never know. That's the level that... And this is the sad thing. That's the level that Arsenal are going to have to buy from. They're going to have to buy from Brighton like they did with Ben White. So that's what Liverpool did. We had to buy from Southampton. We had to buy from Hull. We had to buy from other lower teams from around Europe. We had to buy from Roma to get Mo Salah, who failed in the Premier League. Arsenal are going to have to take risks. And the thing is, if the risks pay off like they did at Liverpool, well, I don't know, I wouldn't call them risks. Obviously, they're, they must they're, be they're educated and scouted, and you understand why you're getting them in. It's the signings that Arsenal made previously to this window that you're like, hang on. Like the William one for me, I could not work out yeah. for the life of me why he came. Yeah. Apart from him being Evans' yeah, mate, which is clearly what's going on there, then yeah, right? But that's yeah. been the problem with Arsenal, 100%. where the Liverpool ones, you were like, you know, and that's where you're laughing at too because that's the rebuild that was needed at Liverpool. Or like the Petic- or the Petacek yeah. signing, you know, yeah. with Wenger. Like, there's a history of just interesting signings, especially yeah. from Chelsea. Like, just... that's the that's concern. Yeah. So, I think signings have to be the right ones, have to have the right mentality. And like, another player that doesn't get mentioned was Guendouzi. Like, qu- like quality player, obviously had his issues with the manager and his attitude, but I don't think Arsenal can be that picky no, at can't. the moment. When you, when you've got a player there that's got the potential, just ride it. But that's the thing; like, there's no no one in that locker room can say, "Mate, no, straighten there's up." There's no one there because there's no one there to do that either, and they lack that too. Yeah, there so. might even be a case, Paul, where you go and look for some 
leaders in the market. And this, this might go against the whole ethos of doing a rebuild, but is there a 30, 31-year-old that you think's been there and done enough? That's well, part of the rebuild. Part of the rebuild, you know, you're getting him in. It, you know, you're looking for a guy that kind of like, oh, who would I go for? Develop who would culture. I go for that's got some culture? Yeah, get people. Um, that's where your centre backs come in. I think you got to get some experienced centre backs that are going to come and I'm steady the thinking, ship. I'm just Give thinking a bit of in general. Like uh, it would be an out there signing. It's not going to happen because this has already happened. But Henderson obviously signed a new deal with Liverpool. But theoretically, let's say Henderson didn't yeah. want to sign a new deal with Liverpool for whatever reason. If I was if I was asked, I'd be going yeah. coming here, be part of the rebuild, get to still play in the Premier League before you retire. No dramas. Come in, yeah. even at thirty four, right? Oh, I would be going after. Oh, let's see who else is aging that has like done a really good job. It like has a good history of play, of playing. Um, it's hard because it's hard those sort of players you keep around at football clubs for a very long time. Yeah, and I'm trying really to think of like that. Trying to find like that Milner, Gary Cahill to Crystal yeah, Palace. You know what I mean? Like yeah, something like, something like that. that. Like Milner, how we got Milner was like ridiculous. And look how good he is in our locker room. You need yeah. someone like like that to come in and ask. Like an Aguero. Yeah, Aguero would have not been not bad. I think for them they need someone that's maybe English. That is just yeah. like a bit. I've been here and done it all. I mean, he's been in England long enough. Yeah. Though. I see that one working. You know, imagine if they even went and got a David Silver. Just, just as someone, or so maybe even someone that's know, been like, at the club that maybe is not at the level anymore, but will come in and just be good around the boys. Yet again, you know. Yeah. You got to sell a project to that person though. Like we need you to help us change our culture, and I think most experienced players will get around that. That's the thing. I think a lot of players would think they're picking me to try and rebuild a big club, and I think. You've got better chances of getting players like that into your club than trying to go after Jose yeah, Mawa. Uh, there was a, there was a you name, know, like, there was a name was I was going to throw around, but I just realised he's a bit older than I thought. It was Carzola, uh, but Carzola Santi, unfortunately, he's 36 now. He's long gone. I would have been like 32, 33 still. I would have been like, hey, there's a guy you bring in that's been around, club club legend. Still could probably do it in like those lesser games in the Prem, but a guy that would just come in and just go, hey, I've been here you know, let me give you some wisdom yeah. in the dressing room. You know, if you don't have leaders in the dressing room, it's going to be hard to rebuild, so you may as well go and buy a couple as well. I'll just listen to that squad. wouldn't say that would be our main focus in a rebuild, but I would say, hey, as we're fitting in the jigsaw, you need you a couple to bleed it in. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I would agree. All right, think- well, in a world where... Look, I think long-term, I think the signings are showing that the board's going to Arteta. back Arteta's yeah. vision. Yeah, he stays for the year at least. I just don't... I don't know. I think they they need to back him, I think. like He needs time. He's had a year and a half. What's he had? Two years? A year and a yeah. half? And he's only had three windows of his own, I think. you got to give it sort of... Look, it's only taken Oli to now, to the last season, to really start solidifying his team and getting rid of all the dead wood from Moyes and the rest of it and Van Gaal and Mourinho. So I think... If you're an Arsenal fan, you're just going to have to wear it for a few years and hope that these 21, 22-year-olds really come through and in three, four years' time, they're all 25 and they're established and Arteta's still there and then you're really pushing on from there. I think that's the most likely option too because it's we spoke about it last week. I don't see the Cronkies wanting to pay out his contract. I don't see a big manager wanting to come in because it sounds like the board's hard to work with. Could you lure a big manager away, you think? 
And then I think the only one you can yeah. try is Brendan Rodgers, but you would have to really sell that Leicester ain't the club to be at, and I think Leicester's a great club to be at at the minute. Yeah, and he's got such great relationship with the, yeah. with the owners as well. I like it's just, there at all. I don't. I, I think they're just they've gone down the Arteta Actually, road, and I think they need to see it through. Sidetracking just a little bit, Arsenal don't get going for the next few years. Celtic go on this massive rise on the Ange, Ange to Arsenal, three to four years. Yeah, I could I mean, see that actually see that. happening. To be fair, and Andrew, yeah, and, and, and you go from you go from Arteta to an experienced yeah, guy that's been there, done and, it at different and, levels, and I, I, I'm saying this it. out of a bit of gist, but I would say that Ange just fit the mold for the type of manager I'm about to talk about that would have to come in if Arteta leaves. It's a guy that's been there, knows how to do a rebuild, has experience to do a rebuild, right, and has a sure way of playing football that he's true to his conviction, understands how to play. And you're seeing it with Celtic at the minute with Ange. And so yeah. why I bring it up is he Celtic have taken a punt after not getting probably even their first four choices on a manager. But I'm backing on some good backing. The fans have come in and given him stick. They've now scored 24 goals in their last six games, right? They're atop of the Scottish Premier, the Scottish Premiership. And this is a side that Ange has barely had for a month and a bit. And they're not even close to playing the type yeah. of football that he wants to play. And everyone's going, this is the football we're going to go. And it's like, yeah... You know, but Ange has come in and just been brutal. He's just gone in. This is how we're going to play. This is my way of doing it. And if you don't want it, I'm going to sell you. Sorry, right? This is how I'm yeah. going to go about it, boy. This is who I want to bring in. He's gone to Japanese league, got in his players, right? He's got in who he wanted. He wanted an experienced goalkeeper, so he went and got Joe Hart. And he's gone. This is what I want. Bang, let's go. By the way, Joe Hart would not have been a bad shout yeah. for Arsenal as an experienced player that was English. Yep, just yeah, putting that out there. Been there, been done there, it. Done Joe Hart actually would have been quality here. Yeah. Um, but um, help out the keepers. Yeah, what a jeez. Joe Hart was a tick here. For, they missed out there. But um, yeah. But for me, that that's the top manager you want. I'm not saying it has to be Ange for Arsenal. I'm not saying that, right? But this is an Aussie podcast. I do want to mention this discuss. That's the that's the prototype we would look it? at. And I. But there's there's not many managers out there with that kind of experience see, um, that haven't had a crack see, at that level yet though either. Like I, I think World if Cup manager, Leeds don't Asian have a good year, I could go after Belsa, Belsa, Belsa. Bielsa eventually got out of my mouth you could take a punt as bad as it sounds as a Liverpool fan on Stevie G knowing how well he's done at range of the football that plays incredible and the fact that you know he looks on to probably having another great year there you could then also maybe look at a couple of the the managers in France I don't know who the OG Nice manager is who won the league last season with um, with Lille and then moved to Nice this season what's his name ah yeah, they got in trouble either. by the way overnight. That, that was massive. You saw that? Yeah, no, I saw that. Fight, massive right, fight. Yeah. yeah, my boy Payet. <laughs> oh, I would do the same thing to be fair. He's fine. I love him. Um, but um, such a ball or two, great player. But you know, I would be going after someone like that. You know, clearly has an understanding of how he wants to play football. Go after him. You know, yeah. maybe it's a case of going after a manager that you think plays a good brand of football in the Prem at a lesser club. You know. If Vieira does, if Vieira does really well for the next two years, do you go and say at Palace? Do you go say, "Hey, mate, let's go"? You're the guy. Yeah, I think I think they might honestly be biding time and waiting for the right guy to come in and take that group to the next level. They can't wait too long. That wouldn't surprise me. I I don't think it's going to get. It can't get much worse than it's going right now. Like obviously they're playing Man City next week. 
they're missing half their starting 11. Like, it can't get I've, that much worse. The reason why I just think it can get a touch worse is that if they wait too long for the right manager, the players get a bit older, then you all of a sudden hang on a second. You know, you've got to teach. they got a young core, though. Yeah. I just, just I they can keep too it. long. The big question is whether they can keep their team together. That's hard to. That's, That's hard the big well. thing. Head start turning. Yeah. Do they keep... Is there, um, is there, is there a manager you would a love from to see Villa. Um, there's not a standout. For me, Nuno would have been... And that's the thing. Well, but obviously didn't happen. Again, you're going to go to Spurs, you're going to go to Arsenal. Spurs, obviously, they've bottled it, but they had an opportunity at yeah. Conference League. Um, and you're probably banking on money from Harry Kane, so you're probably and in a better situation. You've got Daniel Levy, who's a pain in the ass. Daniel Levy's a pain in the ass to work with, but at least you know he's invested in the club. Like... I think Spurs is just edging them out. You got better facilities, but that's the thing, though. Like I think I look at all the decisions, I look at the press conferences, I look at just the way that Arteta's being backed, and I just think they're happy, which is sad. Um, but I think they really do think he's the guy, and that he's going to turn it around. And look, he's got a good mentor. Like he'd have he to be, be talking, talking to Pep. To I know they're in the be. same. Oh, they're in the same comp, but. Pep wouldn't like to see oh, look, Arteta struggling. Klopp, Klopp talks to Falkel, the Norwich manager, like every day. They're like best buds. And apparently Sean Dice, I didn't know this, and Klopp are very close, which is a bit odd after their fight. Yeah. It was so like whatever. But apparently they talk a lot. Um, and it does. It, it's a thing that Premier, that managers do. It's not saying that we're going to talk about how we're both going to play football whatever. It's more like bouncing an idea. And it's like, oh, what do you think of this as an understanding? And it's not like the question is, yeah. oh, do you think I should do this with such and such player? It's more, what do you think about this in this footballing moment where the striker comes in and drops in this deeper here and it causes this problem to happen with the defender? How do I, how do I change something in the player role or a bit of an instruction so that yeah. you know maybe the centre back doesn't get caught out of position and the six takes him? You know, and then uh, Pep might say, yeah. "Oh, that's where I tell you know whoever's playing my six. He might not use the word Rodri, or he would, but I would tell him actually to come in and sit that touch deeper and take him when he gets past a certain point, which allows obviously Ruben Diaz to keep his shape and his line. Or it might be you know that because Pep plays with these inverted wing backs that like to come inside, that maybe one of them will follow as the winger drops in or whatever, right? But whatever the answer is, I feel like that's yeah. the sort of conversation that managers have. They don't talk about, oh, did yeah. you see the game? Did you see who, who played like what or whatever? It's yeah. more, I have this footballing problem. What do you think? You know? And I, I, and agree, I really do think that Pep and Arteta would talk a lot about that. And I really do think Pep 100%, 100%. backs Arteta solely. And I think that that yeah. is the only reason why Arteta's got so much time. And I really, really, and you know what? As bad as it all sounds, I really hope one day it all clicks for him too. I just think this job is way too early. So I've said why? it many you, times. You see said it many the, times. It's so a big it's job. Too, too big it's of a job a big too job. early. Same with Frank Lampard. Too big of a job too early. Yeah. And that's where it's sad because you can see the ethos there. You can see the... You can see what he's trying to do. He's just the not ingredients there, are there He needs to refine it and then go, yeah. that's what's going to work. I'd love to say right now on this podcast yeah, that my way. first time coaching, I was like, this is how I wanted to play football. Off I go. I don't know how many times I've changed in my head at starting system that I wanted to go with and it's now yeah, completely different to what I started out with right now because but it's it different because experience. you've got to adapt to your team experience. and then you bring your philosophy into your team and you marry the two up and what works best there's your partnership off you go yeah yeah exactly and that's where like in my role I've learned a lot because I'm not 
I've got one team that I really look after in particular, but I do get asked to take different teams. And initially, so I'm talking probably two years ago, I tried to play the same way with all three teams no, that I sort of had eyes on and and that just didn't work and I wasn't successful so to the point now where I take each team for what it is that all my teams know what my preferred style is but if it doesn't fit it, it doesn't it's fit it's good to have a style sometimes I go into it in games you football coaching that have maybe a style set out so that they can learn a style so they can play it at senior level I get that but once you start getting to a senior level, yeah. you've got to marry up that style with the players you have at your disposal. And if you've got, you want to play a hyper pressing system, but you've got 11 guys that are 100 kilos can't run, but hang on a second, they can pass ball, move ball around, and no one can touch them because they just know how yeah. to morph in and out of space, then you're not going to set up like that, are you? You're not going to set them up to press. You're going to set them up to sit deep, can, you know, limit space and so don't get hit on the break. But you're going to say when you get the ball, you can still tell them to and play, play, aren't you? You're going to tell them to hit feet, yeah. get into like little areas, move the ball out. You know, for me, one of the coaching cues I have is two in, one out. Two passes inside, pass must go wide, right? To stretch the, stretch the game and stretch the opposition. And then from then, if you can't go forward, guess what it's going? Two passes inside, back out the other way. And keep moving them around until that moment comes where the winger tucks in and the fullback overloads, like I do, like Tuchel does. That's how I set it up with my coaching cue, right? But for, you yeah. know... If that's great when you have a hundred guys, you know, maybe eleven guys at a hundred kilos, right? For one example. But if I've got eleven guys that are, you know, long distance runners, fit as a fiddle, right? You know, I'm talking about like Bowl from Australia, and I'm talking about um, uh, what's his name, the sprinter that used, guy yeah, that the, run uh, the, the English guy that you know won a gold medal back a couple of years ago, and like, well, you know what I'm getting at, right? These guys that can just run all yeah. day. I'll be setting up different. I'll be setting up, all right, let's go into a 4-4-2. Yeah, high, high line, press, squeeze, squeeze. You know, don't give them time to breathe on the ball, off you go. And the thing is, though, teams never yeah. always like that. You've got to have different players. You're going to have one that's 100 kilos, one that's a, a marathon runner, right? And I'm using this as an example without putting players in there, by the way, guys. You know, not, not, not everything's going to be all like that. You're going to have players that have a bit of everything. You've got to find, as a coach, the best way to get them all in the best system to then play yeah. a style that fits all of them. That's the hard part of coaching. And that's the fun yeah. part of coaching is actually finding that problem and solving that problem. And there's one thing that a coach always told me is when you solve one problem, it creates another. But that's the thing about yeah. coaching. For me, Arteta doesn't have that experience yet to solve all those problems. Where his mentor and Pep yeah. does. And he needs that experience yeah, at exactly. the club. And that's where, for me and you, Paul, we've probably changed as coaches a lot over the years because we've been experiencing it and changing and changing and knowing what trying to solve is what problem, you know? And now it's like, great. My, my first 100%. problem was I used to go, okay, four for three, let's go press. And everybody used to go, okay, let's press and run everywhere and try and press the ball. But against better teams, they just, just pick you off and you burn, burn out and 70 minutes and you're dead. You're done, right? And now yeah. I play in a low bank four four, you know, I set up in a uh, four four two that turns into a four two three one four four one one without the ball because I would tell okay one person to man mark the six striker to force the ball one way and then we'll go morph and press when the ball hits a certain area out wide right and that for me solves a few problems but if you know if you then create a problem where if you're pressing everywhere you might create space in between the lines and that's then the next problem you have to sort out. So for me, I went a bit lower, a bit deeper. Yeah. But that's also another problem that when you win the ball, you might be a bit too far away from goal to penetrate and you need other things to work around. But, you know, that's the beauty of coaching is that there's always a problem to be solved. For me, I'd say that has too many problems yeah. and not enough experience to solve those problems. 
yeah, at yeah. that level because obviously like one minor issue can create four at that level like if you're able to exploit one area then it just creates look a, at a Chelsea pain, they usually we've seen they usually so set up the go we're going to exploit you out wide both sides because you just yeah, don't have the quality and that's it and we're like and they were just like and we're going to move you around and you're going to give us a space on the ball look at both goals and I tend to you yeah. know I tend to a little bit hamstrung because of the plays he has but I tend to also looks at it and goes well I don't really have the experience here to really solve that footballing problem and like how would you have solved it anyway Paul yeah. there's not really a logical answer to really solve it either uh, there's not a short no not there a short isn't there was nothing in that the Chelsea game that's going to save to bring in players but long term in a rebuild no, need to bring in players that are exactly. going to solve that and there might be a way of where he tells the players to win the ball and press and there might be a way of where and they just, yeah. they're not good enough and to do it that's, that, that's not Arteta's fault and that's where I say it's solely not Arteta's fault this problem but he doesn't have the experience to probably fix this problem the whole holistic problem the holistic problem and that's Really, that's probably the way we need to wrap yeah, this 100%. conversation up. Is it's not one thing. It's not one thing. It is a holistic, cultural, systemic issue that's going to require many parts to either change or be replaced. And I think that's probably the best way to sum it up. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so we've got some questions, and I reckon the first one's probably the it's best true. one to start with. From JS, we've got a few from JS that we'll go through first. So Will or Bamming, this is going to be yes or no questions because otherwise we'll be here all day. Will Aubameyang get hot more or less than 12 lower. goals this season? Yeah, I'm leaning lower. I reckon he's around that line. I reckon he's in that 8 to 13 bracket. I'm going to go Pending lower if he as stays. Well. Will, yeah, that's a big thing too. Will West Ham finish higher or I lower than 9th? I'm going to say higher. Yeah. Will Pogba get higher or lower than 11 He's goal got contributions four, this if season? He's five. We got credited with the little touch to Mason Greenwood. Four. I don't know if he did last night. Oh. Um, because I think Actually, he gets a, a touch look. on it by memory. I'm having a look now. I reckon he might as well. Let yeah, he did. So five, yes, at. big time. I was going to say yes anyway because he got four in the I, first game. I think that's about his mark usually, JS. But the fact he's already got four, I'm thinking he's down for 14 or 15. We've got five. Yeah, so he's yeah. got five. Yeah. So he's halfway, he's yeah, so, almost halfway uh, yeah, there so after yes. two games. So, Higher, Antonio, yeah, to get more or less than 10 goals? 15. What's he got, one already? Fifteen. And his fitness. Uh, he gets more than on. 10, even if he's unfit. Uh, I'm going to say 10. I'm going to get, I'll yeah. buy 10 as well. He's got to get 10 so. easy. It's all about 15 for me. If he gets more than 15, they're going to have a good year. Yeah. Well, the fact that he looked like he was taking penalties as well, if he can stay on penalties, then he's definitely yeah, going to get more than 10. Um, yeah, this question... Next one from Dean. Because I, I, of... I disagree with what he says in the question. We will talk about the question. Yeah, and I agree okay. with you. Read the question I as is. I agree with you. So the question comes in as the Liverpool versus Chelsea game pretty much sums up who will win the league. How will each team prepare for the title decider so early in the season? I think we've covered how both teams are going to prepare It's just prepare not the title already. decider. Um, it's not this far. Yeah. I agree it's with way that too early too. for a title decider. Three weeks it's in. Not like, it's not like yeah, we're in I, France I and it's PSG versus Monaco. Historically, by yeah, the way, I have right? to agree. Or it's Real Madrid plays Barca. Yeah, this Barcelona, is the Premier League. It's yeah, way too Dorman. close. We've got four teams that, that yeah. could realistically win the Premier season, and even just because yeah. City have dropped points in the first game doesn't mean they're not going to be around. See how well they played against Norwich, did I would be saying that they're probably still the team to beat because Liverpool and Chelsea are going to drop points throughout the season at some point. Everyone's got no yeah, one's gonna I no one's to gonna go in, there, in, invincible this season. So as much as you're a Chelsea supporter, Dim, you're not gonna go invincible this season. So yeah. 
Yeah, and I'd have to agree with that too. And I think we've already touched on enough. Yeah, they're going to the play and how that game's going to. Yeah, why are we going to play? I don't think we need gotta to be go a great game. Again. Liverpool um, may win it. And yeah, enjoy it for what young. it is. That's what. Yeah. Hopefully, it's free flowing. I actually think for the neutral. Uh, and then we've got one more big question. This has kind of annoyed me this week because I was planning, I was planning on doing a real AFL thing yeah. next week, um, but then they've scrapped the buy, which is frustrating me because they want to get the season done. So the plan was I was actually going to get Jaden. So I don't know if he's actually listening. If he's listening here, we had spoken about doing something during the buy for the lead up to the finals, but we just can't really fit it in. So we might have to do something maybe in the prelim final week. Maybe get Jaden on. How to talk busy are you this footy. week, Paul? I don't know. How busy are Pardon? you throughout the week this week? Oh, we might be able to get That's a second podcast on actually. Question, That's a good shout. This is a big one. The que- question is. Yeah, we might have to do it on Thursday night. The question maybe is AFL finals bracket and predict the winner. And I think there's a lot to be talked about with a lot of these teams here. Because I think there's definitely one team that can win it from outside the four, right? Well, there's two, but there's one team that yeah. I would back more than the other win outside the four. And, oh, there's one and, outside and, the four. And, I'm not saying Sydney. Yeah, I'm not saying it's one of those. Right. Um, yeah. And there's a team that finished in the four that I think is the informed team in the comp coming into it. But for me, it's yeah. they've got the right matchup to get a home prelim second round. Yeah, well, I might... I'm tempted to give you just... Yeah, I'll give you my general forwards, but we'll go more in depth if there's a second podcast. Let's go. Yeah. So, have you done your bracket yet, or you? Yeah, I'll do it all together. together. I've got my bracket I'll, I'll, ready to I'll go. do it with you right now. I think that Melbourne. Uh, all right, let's start. I think with Melbourne is too early on in the development. Yeah. I think they're an unreal side, but for me, the Lions are the fourth team at the comp. They've come good at the right time. So. Well, you got to remember this game's going to be in I Adelaide think, as well, and I think that helps. Like. I think that helps Brisbane. I've. I think the win that Melbourne managed to get against. I think. Obviously, things would have changed if Melbourne didn't win because the whole yep. ladder changes. But I think that win, although it wasn't great, showed that Melbourne can do it against a good team. So I've actually got, I've got Melbourne penned in here um, to win against Brisbane because I don't trust Brisbane. And I think without their forward line really firing the way it needs to, I think they're really going to struggle. So this is where we might differ, but I'm still going to leave it's Melbourne. It's not in Melbourne, is it, this game? No, I think it's in Adelaide, but I don't think... I think the only way I would have gone with Brisbane was if this was in Brisbane. Um, but I just don't see a world where Brisbane can kick a score that's going to beat Melbourne. Fair. That's Fair. my big thing. I think Melbourne's midfield can go toe-to-toe with Brisbane. And I think like the combinations Melbourne have I just up feel front, like you can get it. Really you can get at Melbourne. Like, look how poorly they started last week too. I know they come back and won... But if yeah. they don't come out the blocks and play well, I feel like the Lions would hold on to a game like that in their form. You can say yeah, that about half true. the teams that's here, true. though. I think Melbourne's quality will rise, and they've actually done that a lot this year. They've started slow and then come good this is in a way lot too of much games. in depth for the so, first round, eh? I know. So that's, I think Melbourne ah. just edge it. Like, I don't think it's going to be comfortable, but I just think they've done enough. They, they deserve some respect. I think they they've deserve a lot top. of respect as well, but... I've gone. Yeah, I so reckon the, that's in Adelaide, which it right. is. If I think it's Brisbane. Brisbane in. It's all right. So we're gonna have a differ here. This but is I think be interesting. So then we'll uh, Bulldogs the beating Essendon every day. GW, GWSP yeah, Sydney every day. 
Nah, I've got Sydney I in that I've one. Got, I think the GWS is the team no one wants. They then they'll also get Toby. GWS Toby's coming back as well. I think uh, they're gonna. They, they're the team no one wants to play. I don't know. Every time I back GWS, they let me down. That's the thing. They don't. They're not consistent. At least I know what I'm getting with Sydney. So that's the thing. I don't think it matters. In my opinion, I don't think it matters who wins these elimination yeah. finals because this is the first time in a long time that this is where I sort of jump a bit ahead here, but. I'm just going to say Port at home against Geelong. We're going to beat them like we did last year. That's not. Yeah, I feel like Power getting that home that home um, home round one. Home Friday night. Yeah, I feel again, I feel like that's huge for you. Us, so. so I've got you in to win that one against the Cats as well. Yeah. So then our semi final is yep. going to be a bit different. I've got Brisbane versus yep. the Bulldogs, and then I've got Geelong yep. versus Sydney. I've got I've got Melbourne Bulldogs, got Melbourne and I've got Melbourne Bulldogs. to win that. And I have got I have right, got so Geelong, I've, I've, I've got, got Geelong versus Giants. Or just, DWS. Yeah, GWS Giants, right? Yeah. And yeah. this is the game that I think is very interesting. If GWS get through that NAS one, all the boys are back fit. They have the squad to beat the Cats. The Cats historically have not been great in finals. Talking about defending grand finals, man. That are a better team than last they year. They lost two of their last three. I think the Cats win, yeah, but, but I feel like they would not like yeah, to play GWS. I, I think if you offer the Cats, GWS or Sydney, they would take right, Sydney. So, the end of the day, we've got the same. Yeah, at the end of the day, through, I think what we I do, think. and then I. So I've got Brisbane and Geelong yeah. getting through, and you've got Melbourne yeah. and Geelong getting through. So the only difference is our prelims are a bit different now. This is the thing. So who have you I've got, got in your the first Lions prelim? playing the Cats and the Lions beating the Cats in Brisbane. That was the prelim that I had. Yep. I'd agree with that. Um, I've got yep. Melbourne, Geelong, and I've yep. backed Melbourne. I've then got. And then I've then I've got, got Port, Port Brisbane, I've then got Adelaide, and Port I've got Port at home to Melbourne. Against and Melbourne. I, it's a tough one. That one. I actually back. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter Cowan. what you say. Both teams. I think our experience from last year yep. was going to get us yep. through. I back Melbourne, and then that means you've got a power and a. You've got a power Brisbane yeah, and grand you've got final. A... Oh, where the hell do they play that yeah, though? That's, that's difficult. It'd be, it'd be in Perth because the, both states can. They have to be Adelaide. No, no, it'd be Adelaide because if we're going to have pre- qualifying finals in Adelaide, it'd have to be Adelaide. Apparently, they're going to just play this one in Perth. Tough luck, but I disagree with that totally, uh, and I think that would be challenge personally. But what what one have you got? Well, you've I've got, got Port winning you've got against Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah, and that would yeah. be. And I've got Port winning. That's going to be held. Be in Perth, wouldn't it? I'd say Adelaide. No, you have to be Adelaide. Same thing with Brisbane last year. They were prepared to give the Lions a home grand final if they got there. There's a lot of talk about Perth. So I think Adelaide has been the state that has shown the best resistance to COVID. So I think if you're if they're going to back Adelaide to have the two qualifying finals, they have to then back them for the month. I would hope so. I would hope so from a neutral. Same thing. Um, but that means that you've gone. Um, that means you've gone probably power to beat Melbourne in Adelaide. You, aren't yeah. you a happy boy? I'd be a very happy boy. I should be very sad because I've given away my membership this year, and I would have had a guaranteed ticket to the grand final. Does too. it make you feel any better that I actually think that the, if this game wasn't in Adelaide, the Lions win it? But if this game's in Adelaide, power win it for me. I think us versus the Lions is a real interesting matchup. That's why I'm very happy that we get them at home in yeah. a prelim. 
In my right, predictor. So if, if you're, you're telling me that if the Lions played power, it would be an Adelaide grand final, you would imagine. If that's an Adelaide grand final, I predict power to win. If that is played in Perth or in Brisbane, yeah. I predict the Lions would beat these guys on a granny. I don't know. We played Brisbane early in the year and we really struggled, but we were decimated by injuries. So that's... You can't look into it. I just think our form, no one's talking it's about come form. good at the right moment. Same with the we, Lions. This, that's this why I've been used to, to get there because your form has come good at the yeah, right time. This year, man, we've won games we've needed to win. We've just found a way. And the way we beat the Bulldogs, man, just to stay in the game just shows something that I haven't seen from this Port team in a very long yep. time. I just... I if don't you want to back them in, by the way, they're offering you 10 to 1 for power to win from here. I see a world, man, where as long as we get the job done against Geelong, it's in our hands again. And last year, we only lost... It. No one talks about it. We literally lost to the Dynasty Tigers by a goal dance. in no, shit no conditions. But the, I don't think we're getting the respect we deserve. And we've done it this year. Obviously, we haven't... We've we've lost a lot of games. Well, I don't know a lot of games, but to teams around us, we haven't been great we've lost five games this year which is less than Brisbane which is less than Geelong and it's only one more than Melbourne so for all the shit Port have been getting this is what I don't understand they've lost five games all year and we've won our last five and maybe more I can only see the last five matches here that's what I uh, that's that's where Port this Look, team you man, and Brisbane just, are the two teams that have come on I think I they're think, the most think... rock solid like Brisbane Brisbane got done by Hawthorne and it should have been yeah. by Moore. They played a decimated West Coast on the last day. They played Collingwood and they played Fremantle. Like, haven't had a challenge. Where we've gone, we beat Collingwood. We beat GWS convincingly. That's the win. The showdown that, was the, the showdown. We thumped, thumped Carlton and then we got it over the line against GWS the was a big one for me. The fact that you showed up to a GWS side yeah, and- that is not bad on paper. And was cruising yeah, and they they fallen off the wagon and they've come good maybe towards back into the season in the last three fixtures. GWS. They've won four of their last five and they're yeah. Only I feel like GWS. But again, who they beat? Carlton, Richmond. They beat Geelong, which was a, look, look, a good result. Only way and I would end this because it's getting into this stage of where we're talking about this yeah. maybe for another pod. Is the only team for me that outside the four that can win it is GWS. Brisbane, the, the Bulldogs, unfortunately, with those loss, 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 I think are going to get done eventually. Um, running in how they're, how they're not yeah. favourites hang on they're favourites from 5th to win the premiership from here no no oh, sure way that has to be not updated on the AFL app on the AFL website they're saying Bulldogs are favourites from 5th no I've, I've got them at uh, 10 bucks here on the AFL website I've got them at 450 I've got here Melbourne at 375 alright uh, that's a lot better so Melbourne that's a lot 375 better, yeah. Geelong Geelong are better odds than Port, man. Port yeah, are at five I'll, bucks. I'll be sneakily looking at that. For me, if you're looking at it, I think yeah. that GWS is the only team outside of the eight with the form that could win it. I don't. That would rely on a lot of things going right there, though, for that to happen. And then I feel like your two most form sides of the top four is Melbourne and uh, is Melbourne. Sorry, is the is Port and the Brisbane. But I wouldn't roll Melbourne out. I just feel yeah. like they, they they look like a team that's been a little bit uh, limpy. The same that happened in 2018 yeah. with them, I feel. Like, they're just... Hey, look, would not... you be upset if the D's won it this year? Yes. Oh, okay, if it was, if you guys didn't make the big dance, you'd still be upset? 
That's the thing. Uh, we should be. I, I feel like be. as oh, someone that's... I would, especially with last year, this is very put Adelaide. This is very, very put Adelaide. To have a year where we should have won it and didn't and we'll have a year this year where no one's talking about us and we'll go and win it. It's very yeah, put Adelaide. It's, it might, and we might choke it this year. This is exactly what happened. We made, we were the best team in 2001 and 2000, oh, sorry, 2002, 2003. Never made it, crumbled. And then 04, with an older team, went and won it. This team is in the same position as that 04 team was. A few older guys, a few guys that they're saying they haven't got many legs left in them and they go yeah, and get the job I done. I so wouldn't, just, like I said, I've got just, these guys to win it as long as that. Is for right me, in. for me, it's no Richmond. It's no Richmond being there. And it's, it's just, there's no one that scares me. Like, I just think our midfield stands up. Our defence, we've got the best defence out of that top eight, Yep, I'd say. My question is, goals. Can we kick the winning score? Can Charlie just do his job and create a contest? And can we get Butters, Dersma, Rosie, Fantasia all firing? If that happened, Motlot, if those guys are all firing, then I we're unstoppable. And it's a big if. I do agree with that. <laughs> anyway, that's going to obviously play itself out. We might get some more in-depth analysis. It actually might have to be tomorrow, to be honest. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see judge what, it by you. We'll see how we look like. throughout the week. We may get an AFL dedicated yeah. podcast out to you guys. Yeah, I think so too. So... Big episode here uh, from us tonight. Hopefully, you have enjoyed it. Damo, once again, thank you for your company as always. Thank you very much. Thank you to everybody listening. All the support, obviously, going on in the Discord. As always, link down below to go and check out everything in the Discord. Highly recommend it. Paul has got some amazing content going out on FIFA at the minute. And yours truly, if you love a little bit more Premier League, Aston Villa save without Jack Grealish in this current climate. It's been incredible so far. I highly recommend checking that one out on YouTube as well, guys. Just a cheeky little plug. You've got to do it, you know. And, uh, yeah, round us off, Paul. And thank you again, lads. There we go. So if you haven't joined the Discord, make sure you jump in the Discord. The link is in the description of the podcast. Both mine and Damo's social links are in there as well. So make sure you give us a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue the growth of the podcast. I'll probably recommend turning notifications on as well just in case there are a few more episodes firing out a bit quicker than the Monday night uh, podcast. So once again from episode 22, thank you once again and we'll see you in the next one.